Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Uh, This morning, we're going to start a a new series. We're going to talk about giving on purpose. Now, as a pastor, um, I commit to teach on giving once per year. I don't do it all the time. I don't just, man, every message I preach is not about giving, um, but I intentionally want to teach on giving at least once per year. How many of you are interested in being successful financially? Well, we don't talk about finances. It's really hard to be successful when we talk about finances. So um, we're going to take a few weeks and look at giving on purpose. And um, during this series, we're going to look at um, giving of our time, giving of our talents, giving of our treasure. Um, But the whole idea is about giving on purpose. It's about intentional giving. Now, um, this morning, we're going to start first and foremost looking at our Kingdom Builders Ministry, uh, a.k.a. KBM, if you hear me use that acronym, uh, Kingdom Builders Ministry. We launched that ministry last November. So last November of last year, we just shared the heart for Kingdom Builders, what it is. Um, So first, before we kind of tell you what it is and explain a little bit more what Kingdom Builders is, um, I want to thank all of you that have already this whole last year given to Kingdom Builders ministry. We couldn't have done it without you. We couldn't have um, just really um, expanded in some of the areas of Kingdom initiative like we did previously without you. How many of you in the room have never heard of Kingdom Builders ministry? Lift your hand up real high real quick and then put it back down, okay? So it's just that. It's a ministry that gives to a kingdom initiative focus. Um, it's, it, it, let me give you a quick definition of what it is, just so that you know. Kingdom Builders is a ministry that exists to connect anyone equipped with the gift of giving to the local, global, and future vision and mission of Harvest Time Church through intentional, eternally-minded stewardship. So it's looking at giving in a way that is intentional. Can we pull that slide up so we can get our eyes on it? Um, It's intentional giving. You know, I always like to say we don't accidentally give, okay? I've never, you know, sat down in my chair and my $100 bill jumped out of my wallet. It just doesn't work like that. Um, Giving is often intentional. It has to be on purpose, Um, you know, unless you're giving your kids some offering and you give them a $100 bill instead of a one, and then that may be accidental, intentional giving, okay? Um, so Kingdom Builders, it, it focuses on the future mission and vision. It focuses on kingdom. Um, it, it's, it's having a Christian, eternally-minded stewardship, so understanding that the money I have, the finances I have, that I am to steward those in a way that honors God and, and gives me a chance to give in a way that's, that has a kingdom impact. So Christians, they have a responsibility of maintaining and using wisely the gifts that God has given them and has bestowed on them. So if you use it well, you know, I believe that it can accomplish great, great things. So Kingdom Builders, it focuses on using the gift of giving um, that God has given them to see the kingdom of God advance. So like I said, we're one year into this um, ministry. um, And so we've had a lot of people give. So This is a rough estimate, but a pretty accurate estimate. But giving last year all the way to this year, do you know how much was given in extra Kingdom Builders Ministry offerings? Man, you were here, bro. First service, don't cheat. Some of y'all know. We were able to give $28,000 to Kingdom Builders Ministry. Now, 
For those of you that contributed, like I said, thank you so much. We couldn't have done it by ourselves. Anybody want to write a $28,000 check this morning? You, hey, better be careful, Robert. I see your hand go up. you like... Um, so, you know, doing something like this by ourselves is often a challenge, but when we all contribute together, we can accomplish great things, right? So we were able to invest and, and to in advance the kingdom through the, the gift of generosity, of giving, of intentional giving. So if you didn't get a chance to be part of uh, KBM this last year, you can be a part of it this coming year. Um, but I'm super excited about what God is going to continually do. Can somebody say, come on, Jesus, like some awesome stuff that we're able to do as a church um, by, by just people's generosity. Um, so understand this, every penny that's given to kingdom builders uh, ministry or an offering that's given, it's given to expand the kingdom. It's a ministry that allows us to do more than we've ever been able to do. All right. Um, we're not working alone, but we're working together to make just the things in the heart of God come to pass through generosity. So Romans 12, four through eight, let's look at this passage. It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is encouragement, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do so diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So this list of, is full of grace gifts that God has given us for special purposes. He's given us a special grace for doing a few things really, really well. But I want us to focus on, on that list. There is the gift of giving. Um, the, the, the gift of giving you know, should result based on that passage. If I have the gift of giving, my response should be what? To give generously. Okay, now this is a special blessing that God has placed on somebody. The best way I know to explain it, it's a special blessing of making a lot of money. It's simply put, like making a lot of money, being able to, um, you know, work and create income and then to invest that in kingdom work. Uh, advancing the kingdom of God requires finances. It's expensive. It's costly. But it is a special grace, not just to give, but to give generously um, that, that this gift is talking about. So when you give with that gift of giving, it doesn't just benefit you, but it benefits others when you use it. So hear me on this real quick, because we know that that passage, it had a list of gifts, right? Now, just because it lists that gift, you can't, I, I don't believe this morning, you can just say, well, I don't have the gift of giving. Pastor, let's wrap this message up and go home. It doesn't apply to me. Because we can't say that, well, I don't have the gift of serving and not serve, right? There is some expectation to serve. Um, you know, the ability to teach. Well, I might not have the gift of teaching, but how many of you know teaching somebody something at some point in your life is going to be required of you, right? And the list goes on and on and on, whether you're a prophet, serving, teacher, encourager, giver, leader, or a giver of mercy, there is still some degree required. Now, I would say if you don't have the gift of generosity, um, you can still participate, but you may not do it as well or as easily as somebody with the gift of generosity. Okay. Um, so, but we can all play a part in giving in some capacity, but giving is something that is near and dear to the heart of God. 
when we give with the right attitudes and the right motives, God places a multiplied blessing on our finances. And we'll look at that in, you know, in a few weeks that, you know, there's a commanded blessing when we give to what God says is his, that we are our stewards of everything that he's given us. And we trust God for that provision, not just for us, but for the needs of others. Um, but in that passage, it says to those who are givers, give generously, um, how many of you have ever purchased an ice cream and maybe you went all out and you told them you want two scoops, not one scoop? And when you got that ice cream, they kind of gypped you and gave half scoops. You ever been there? And you're like, come on, man. I paid for the double scoop. Dig a little bit deeper. That, when we talk about generous, we're talking about a generous scoop of ice cream. Now, if you're ever at the Kano house and Samuel is serving ice cream up for the family, everybody will get a, um, um, a, a, a serving size. But Samuel always serves a gracious side sized ice cream for himself. You all know what that looks like? It's like, huh, a little much, huh? a little scoop and a half action going on there. And he's like, well, I served everybody and I served myself graciously. Um, but that, that's, what it, that's, that's what it looks like, okay? Man, it's fun getting to pick on my kiddo live. It's all right, man. We're not streaming this service. I made that rule. Keep going. So how much do I serve in my cup when I serve ice cream? As much as I want. Is my serving gracious for my own? So you've learned it from me. Good job, son. Okay, so <laughs> the rule has been transferred. But that's what I'm talking about. When you're like, you know, you know, or you go, you know, in a buffet line where they're serving. I hope you don't get gypped on your uh, your uh, turkey serving size this evening. Um, but every now and then, you know, where you kind of hold the plate, and you're like, come on, man. Like I'm a full grown man. Last I checked, like, give me a little bit more. But when we talk about what does gracious look like. What does gracious look like? Because we know what it's not and we know, you know, so it says those who have the gift of giving, give graciously. That's probably more than necessary, more than you need. And nobody ever complains about giving generously or receiving generous portions. Uh, if you're one of those that gets mad and says, oh, a little less turkey, man, I don't know. <laughs> Wait till the end where we can get all our gracious portions and then you have what's left. All right. So giving generous, um, that, that's, that's the command. Those who have been given the gift of, uh, as, a, as a giver, you know, that grace of giving to give generously. Um, 2 Corinthians 8, 7, it says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Okay? So that word excel means to outshine, to outdo. It means to do your best. Okay? When we talk about excelling in the grace of giving. Second Corinthians 9, 7, God loves a what? Cheerful giver, right? He wants you to do it with a good attitude, not a, not a frustrated, not like, oh man, we got to give again. Every time I get a paycheck, like we, you know, man, that's, you know, let God deal with that heart. You know, I'll, I'll often realize that, you know, if there's an issue, if you have issues giving, it's not about the money, it's about the heart. Like, you know, just if we understand that ultimately I have the ability to produce income and work a job that pays me to do something because of God's grace in my life to give me the ability to work, to think, to, to, to labor for my paycheck, right? You know, all of that is a gift of God and, you know, he allows us to produce income and to, so when I give, I remember that God is the giver of every gift, every penny I earn, you know, it's not just the tithe and then the rest is mine, but I try to see everything that I make, everything that I bring in, every paycheck I ever get um, that I see it, it's God's, okay? And I, and I try to be thankful and I try to, try to have a heart of gratitude 
Um, and that kind of just kind of helps the heart motive. You know, man, if that's, if that's what God asks of me according to Scripture, then I'm going to willfully and obediently do that, and I'm going to be happy about it. Because I tell you what, God's price tag of sending Jesus cost a whole lot more than my 10%. Yeah. So there's that nugget for you. All right. So um, one thing that I've learned, you know, in, in working in the church and being a church member and just being involved in it, that sometimes the, the one who gives the most is not always the one that makes the most. I think sometimes we look at, well, they make a whole lot more money. Surely they're giving more than everybody else. Statistically, that's not always the case. Uh, it's not always the one that makes the most that is the, the most extravagant giver, but it's the one that has that, that giving heart and that desire to give that sometimes will outgive um, those that have the ability to give more. So I guess I would say don't necessarily judge a book by its cover. Be obedient to what God is leading you to um, because it's not for you to worry about what the other person's giving. You know, there's a Bible illustration for that where it says, you know, Jesus sat at the temple and he watched. You know, I always think about, man, you know what that looks like? It'd be like me sitting posted up right here watching me like, hmm. Really? That's all you got, Jose? Okay. Robert, come on, man. Really? Okay. And then, but in that illustration, he says that he watched everybody give and then he watched a widowed woman come up and give two copper coins. And his response when he watched what was given, he said, the one that has given the two copper coins gave more than all of the ones put together. Because one gave out of a spirit of wealth and one gave out of a spirit of, of, of just, you know, um, not wealth, poor, what's the other word, huh? Poverty. Sorry, I was like, man, lost the word. Gave out of her poverty and it says that she has given more than all of you put together. So what do we see? We see it out of a heart, out of a dependence, out of a trusting of God, where God always weighs the heart. Guess what? He doesn't weigh the amount. He doesn't look at the amount because like two copper coins, really? Come on. God's not going to be pleased with that, but yet he was pleased because of the heart of the individual giving the gift, not the amount of the gift. So that's how I know it's important to God, like that we give with the right attitudes, that our hearts are right and that, that we're generous and we're obedient to whatever God leads us to, Okay. So getting back, looking at, you know, kingdom builders. So what does it really mean to have a kingdom builders mentality? So a kingdom builder um, is one that is really focused on intentional giving to expand the kingdom. Um, but in order to see the multiplying power that God uh, can put on, on people that contribute together, we have to be willing to just give what's in our hands. We have to be willing to trust God. Mark 6, 35 through 44, uh, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this story, but it's, it's the story of the fish and loaves. You know, they had two, two fish and five loaves, and, you know, Jesus is there. He's been ministering to the people all day long, and it gets to be in late evening, and um, the disciples decide, well, let's send everybody away, and they can go back to their hometowns, and they can go eat. And he says, no, you feed them. So immediately, they all pull their wallets out, and they figure out how much they have, and they said, Jesus, you don't understand. With all the people that, that, that we would have to feed, we could work all year and still not have enough provision to meet the need. So understand, anytime Jesus asks you to do something that seems impossible, that is not possible, that God wants to make it possible, okay? You know, he has something up his sleeve. He has a plan. He has an agenda. Um, so as we look at that story, he says, you give them something to eat, you know, and um, then Jesus said, well, what do you have? Okay, so they, so they looked around and they came together and they found out, they said, we have five loaves and two fish. So Jesus directed them. He says, hey, have them sit down. He split them in groups and he prayed over the fish and the loaves. He broke them, gave them to the disciples. And we see a miracle happen. 
We see that he multiplies the fishes and the loaves. Everybody was fed. Everybody was satisfied. And verse 44 says, the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Now understand that number was just the men. Now we know there was wives and there was kids. There was many more than 5,000. But based on that documented number, 5,000 were fed. So when we look at that story, I want to give you kind of four reminders for all kingdom builders. Number one, God will ask you to do things that you think are impossible. When he asks you to do something that you think is impossible and there's not enough resource and, and there's a lack and there's a need, this is the formula for a miracle. When he's saying, do something, well, I ain't got that to do it, Lord, but you ask me to do it. He's never going to ask you to do something that he's not going to come through with. He's, somebody's got a plan. Somebody's got the, the, the whatever's needed to make sure that happens. But God is always the source of everything. Everything else is a resource. But when God asks you to do something radical, he'll provide uh, for what you have need to accomplish what is requested. Okay? Um, when God asks you to do something, understand that he will always have a provision for the vision. Okay? He's going to always provide. If he asks you to do something, um, just kind of look and say, Lord, what do I do? How do I do it? So understand this. What is impossible for you is possible for God. Okay, I've seen that more than once in my life. So every time you're stacked with impossible situations, just sit back and watch what God is going to do, and he's going to do something great. I just, you know, I visualize, I don't know if you guys have seen that meme flown around, Michael Jackson sitting there eating the popcorn. So I'm talking you. Just sit back and watch what God is going to do in amongst something he asks you to do. Because he's going to ask you to do something that seems impossible, but that which is impossible is possible with God. So sit back and watch the show. Number two, God will use what is already in your hands. I think a lot of times we're all mad about what's not in our hands. What is in our hands already, God will use to multiply. Okay? So understand this. You know, don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Focus on what God is leading you to do. Um, you know, many people look around the room, maybe figuring out, well, maybe somebody else has something to contribute. I don't have much. I'll tell you what, if I had two fish and five loaves and I look around and there's more than 5,000 people in front of me, and this is what the resources I have to feed everybody, how many would be very disappointed and feel like you are looking at the sea of impossibility? But when we look at an impossible situation, God sees possibility. But he will always use what is already in your hands. Don't worry about what is in somebody else's hands. Contribute what you have, okay? You have to have an opened hand. You have to be ready. Um, understand this, that the principle of unopened hand. If God can get something through you, he will get it to you. I think God has a hard time giving people, giving people resources and assets when you're stingy with it. Right? You know, if you're going to take it and use it for yourself and, you know, he wants to flow this financial provision or he wants to flow all of these financial blessings through you and um, whatever it may be. You know, if you're going to kind of choke the, 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 the stream of provision to others, why would he keep giving to you? God wants to get things through you. He doesn't want them to stop with you and be like, oh, that's awesome, man. Look what I got now. I think sometimes we're guilty of that, you know, that the blessing is for others, but we choose that blessing for ourselves. Anybody ever made a stupid financial decision and then God asked you to give and you already blew that money? <whistles> Bad situation, right? You're like, oh man, well, Lord, you know, I just bought this big boat, right? Just bought this new whatever. 
I tell you what, if God's asking you to do something, I tell you what, he did not ask you to buy that boat. He did not ask you to buy that extravagant whatever it is. Um, I'm always very careful before I spend a lot of money to make sure that there ain't, God ain't got no plans. <laughs> you know, that's called a stressed life when you're just like, look what I did. And then God said, hey, well, how about doing this now? And you don't have anything. Kind of empty your pockets and your pockets are empty. But there's a principle about open hands. You know, this is the key to releasing what God has placed in your hands. And um, I try to envision every resource that God gives me that, you know, he places it in my hands. But at any time, he can reallocate that out of my hands. That's the goal. Everything I make, not just the 10% that I give to the church, everything I make, I say, Lord, it's yours. You know, our, you know, me and my wife, we've, been, we've had the opportunity to give away some pretty cool things that we just stewarded. And we asked God, like, man, what do we want and what do we need to do with that? And, you know, there's times we've sold things, but there's a lot of times we've given things away, too. And, you know, every now and then the business savvy side of me is like, man, I could have sold that for a little bit of money. But God blesses you extravagantly to be a blessing to others. Uh, one thing I do when I have ad, a lot of additional resources of something, I say, Lord, why is there so much provision in that area? Perhaps it's just for somebody else, not just me. Okay, so I want you to always think about that. You know, what do you have in your hands? What can you give? But there's a rule about the open hand principle. And how many of you have ever heard of the monkey trap? How many of you have never heard of a monkey trap? Okay, so what a monkey trap is, it's a, it's a gorg or a bottle or something that has a smaller opening in, in it. And what they do inside of this bucket, they tie the bucket off, just like you see to the tree. But inside that bucket, it is something that the monkey wants. Let's just pretend it's a banana, right? Since monkeys love bananas, I guess, um, according to principles and what they show. But can you imagine there's, there's a banana inside that, that bucket? And what he does, he sticks his hand in there and he grabs a hold of it. As long as that monkey is holding on to that banana, it is impossible to break free from that trap. The, 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 the poacher can come up, he can grab a hold of him, but that monkey, in whatever, for whatever reason, does not let go of what he wanted. But how many of you know, how does he get free? He lets go of that one thing that he wants, but this is called a monkey trap. In the same way, we can get stuck in a money trap where we are holding so tight to our financial provision and we like say, Lord, I can't do it. I'm not going to let go. Our dependence is more on that money than it is of God, than God. And it gets us trapped and stuck in not really moving into what it is that God wants us to do and is leading us to do. Like that little monkey that doesn't want to let go. It's mine. Well, good luck. You're going to be stuck. And well, you, all you have to do is let go of it and you'll be free in the realm of your finances. I think that's a specific word for some of you in here, maybe. Just like, let it loose. Trust God. Like, quit grabbing a hold of it, thinking it's yours. It's going to get yourself stuck, and it's not going to really allow you to live that blessed life, maybe, that God wants. All right? So let loose of that money so that money don't grab a hold of you, okay? So God will use what's in your hands. Number three, God can't multiply what you don't give. So we have to understand that, you know, the fish and the loaves, I always think about this story because they went around and they, you know, uh, some of the parables, they say it was a young boy that had the fish and the loaves. Huh. You show up to me and I got my fish and loaves. You're trying to take my fish and loaves from me because you ain't got it. I think about what if that kid would have said, no, I'm eating my fish. You can go get your own loaves. I think sometimes we're like that. We don't want to give what we have, but he was willful in giving what he had, even though it wasn't much. But when you give what you have, God can do the multiplied blessing with what you have. But he always uses something tangible. 
He used the fish and loaves and he fed 5,000. How many of you know he had water in jugs that he turned into what? Wine. Right, we look at that in John 2. And then in 1 Kings 17, there was, there was a lady that didn't have food and didn't have all those things. And it's the miracle of the flour and the oil never running out. He always takes the tangible and he makes it into a miracle. He takes what you have present and he multiplies it. But you can't multiply what you don't give. Do you understand that a seed planted has the potential to multiply? But a seed in your pocket doesn't do too much. Okay, so I went next door and I grabbed this little pecan or pecan, depending on which camp you camp on. I say pecan, okay? Um, but this pecan, how many of you know, if this stays in my pocket, it doesn't turn into anything great. Can you go to that next slide with that picture? But a pecan has the potential to turn into something great if it's planted and it's left in its place and it can accomplish great things. One pecan can produce thousands more it can provide shade on a hot day it can provide a nesting place for birds and squirrels and all kinds of stuff a tree for climbing all kinds of stuff but if we keep it in our pocket it doesn't have the chance to multiply to be what God really intended it to be do you understand when God looks at the pecan he sees the tree we see the pecans like man I'm gonna eat it tell you what I eat this thing any potential it had is now sitting in my gut Right? There, there's nothing that it can accomplish, right? But we know, what does the scripture say? You know, he provides seed to the sower and he, you know, he provides bread for food. That He provides that balance of what I have need of, but he also has others in mind when he gives. So you can't multiply what you don't give for ever, all of us to benefit. We have to give. If you look around this property, you know, we've been talking about 37 years of ministry. We always laugh. We're like, why did we not plant more trees 37 years ago, closer to the church? Like, you know, we've talked about, well, can we bring in a tree? Man, they just don't grow fast enough. Now we have some on the back part of the property. We have some throughout the property, different things like that. But um, how many of you know we are reaping the benefits, even with the few trees that we have, of somebody intentionally planting them trees a long time ago? Right? Sometimes when we give something and we're waiting for it to multiply, we get mad because it doesn't multiply fast enough. It's not our responsibility to multiply. It's not our uh, responsibility to get mad that it's not multiplying fast enough. Our role is to give it, but we trust God for the multiplication. Amen. We trust God for the growth. And I'll tell you what, I'm thankful for the trees we got. It could be worse, right? You're like, it's still pretty hot out there. It could be worse. Secondly, that's why we moved the, the dinner to five o'clock, not right after church because it's hot in the middle of the day. So it should be cooler this evening, all of those things, all right? But you can't multiply it if you don't give it. And number four, God will cause you and everyone else to be satisfied. The last part of that passage, it says they all ate and they were satisfied. So the one that gave the gift, the, the bystanders, the ones that really were just present, they all were satisfied. And that, that 2 Corinthians 9, 10, 11, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply your increase of your storehouse. Um, Store of your seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That is the whole point. Man, I tell you what, I bet they were high-fiving that little boy for giving up those fish and them loaves. I said, man, did you know that was going to happen? 
took a whole basket home to his mom and dad and said, look what happened with my fish and loaves. Where'd you get that, son? You steal it? No, God multiplied it because he willfully gave. But he always provides excess provision, not just for you, but to meet the needs of others. And, you know, I've prayed that for a lifetime. I said, Lord, you know, first priority is definitely to take care of me, my wife, and my kids, and my family. But I've often said, Lord, give us enough that we can take care of the needs of others also. But understand, what does that passage say? It's my favorite part. It says, that, so that you can be generous on every single occasion. Some pretty good provision right there, if you can be generous. Because how many of you know, you that, know that there's times you can be generous? And then sometimes you're the recipient of somebody else's generosity because you can't be generous in that moment. But that's always been my prayer, Lord, if you're going to make me... Um, Bless me maybe in the, in the gift of giving, Lord, that I would be generous on every occasion. It's one thing when I don't have it, but when I do have it, shame on me if I don't give it if the Lord asks for it. All right? So um, everyone will be blessed. You know, when God works a blessing or a miracle through you, it, causes, it really does cause thankfulness and gratitude um, to rise up in everyone. Um, you know, this evening we're going to eat. We're going to have a great time. We're going to come together for this anniversary celebration. And I've never been to one where we're like, oh man, we almost ran out. I've never seen that happen, man. I feel like we are toting that thing away by the basket full. That there's always been enough. There's been plenty of provision. And everybody's given to that, right? You know, I mean, it's really people have donated different parts, different things, and then when we all come together. So I think that that's that visual, when we all give and we all contribute. And, well, I just gave a turkey. Well, a lot of people just gave a turkey, and it ended up being a lot of turkey, right? So we just see, just if you want to know what does that really look like, when we all give a little bit, it turns into a whole lot. And we're hoping that we're not just blessed, but all of those who come and hang out with us are blessed. And guess what? Some of them will show up, and it costs them nothing, but it cost a few of us something. But then when God multiplies the little something that we contribute, it causes all people to be thankful. All right? So that's how it works. Um, so I want to wrap up the, uh, this morning looking at, you know, just the four areas. I talked about Kingdom Builders Ministry. So there are four areas that as a church, uh, we've really decided these are the areas that we want people to intentionally, prayfully uh, give towards. So it's building projects, local missions, global missions, and future. So future focuses on the next generation. Um, and I'm going to kind of um, mosh posh as I talk about these, because I want you to know even this year, what we were able to do with all of the extra money that uh, people gave to Kingdom Builders Ministry. Um, but I want to tell you the challenge of what we're going to do um, what I want you to do, and I did the same thing last year, this time of the year, I said, I want you to, be, to begin to pray. I didn't say give, I said pray, okay, pray first. And ask God first and foremost, how much to give. If he says don't give anything, guess what? Don't give anything. If he gives you a dollar amount, the second thing I want you to pray is where to give. Okay, can we back up to that other list one more time? So if it's, if it's project, building projects, local missions, global missions, future next gen, whatever that list is that um, um, he specifies in regards to where to give, that's what I want you to do. So here's how you do it. You can give right here. You can get an envelope. Just notate it. Um, 
um, kingdom builders and locate and specify which one. If you, if you use our giving app online, it has a drop-down menu option. You can give to missions, you can give to building projects, you can give to local, or you can give to future, next generation. You can do that easy at any time. But I, I want you just to prayerfully consider where does God want you to give in knowing that every single bit of that given to those areas go to that area, okay? So I want to tell you, and, and what we're going to do the first Sunday in December, we're going to take up that offering, okay? We're going to take up that offering. So plan to give whatever it is and um, be obedient to that because I think God will really, really multiply that seed and do some awesome things this next year. Um, so pray between now and then that first December and we'll be telling you kind of that it's upcoming. So building projects, that, that's kind of an area that a lot of people love. So building projects that focuses on keeping our facility maintained, nice stuff, convenient stuff, necessary stuff. Uh, when an AC unit breaks, that's not fun stuff, but it's necessary stuff. But this year, through, through just the ministry of kingdom builders, we were able to do a few really cool things that we've never really done before. Um, so kingdom builders is kind of like non-budget money. It's fun money. I remember when I, when I worked for STP, I used to cut grass on the side. All of the money that I would make cutting grass, that was fun money. That was garage sale money. That was like, hey, honey, I need to borrow some money, money. Like that, she would take that money, fun money, and we'd go on vacations. We'd do all those things. So that's kind of how it works in the budget realm of the church. Like it is just money designated for these areas. So for building projects, one big thing that we were able to do this year, we uh, f- have borrowed drums here at the church for like ever. Like, you know, because almost everybody's drums that we borrowed were better than the drums that the church owned. Um, so this year, guess what we were able to do? We were able to purchase a brand new set of drums, really nice drum set, custom built, and it's the church's this year. So that's one thing, like, it's here, it's living here, it's going to be here till Jesus comes back, God willing. Because um, we spent enough, it should last a long time, uh, which is awesome. I mean, that's something we were able to do that's... You know, we get to experience and we get to benefit from every week. Um, when, I, when we were looking for them, shopping for them, I said, Morgan, get something that every drummer would love to play. That's how we shopped. We weren't just like, oh, go buy a junk drum set. We just need something. We didn't do that uh, because I feel like the, the vision that God has built for this church is bigger than that. Um, another thing that we uh, were able to do that was super awesome um, I don't know how many of you know about speakers or sound systems or different things like that, um, but these four speakers that we installed this weekend, we had, we're trying them out last week. We got them mounted and installed this week. We were able to purchase those also. Now, let me give you, if you don't know anything about sound, you're like, hey, speakers are speakers and speakers are speakers. I don't know anything about speakers. Let me help you, okay? So the previous set of speakers that we had installed, we had one on the left, one on the right. They were roughly about $800 per speaker, okay? So 800 plus 800 is how much? Oh, I fired. Okay. Uh, I got the number wrong. Um, 1600 bucks, right? So let me just tell you what happened. So these speakers, if we buy them brand new, now stick with me, just the top one, there's four. One of those is about $2,500 plus another one. So that's about 5,000 and that's about 5,000, which equals Pastor, you said we spent $10,000? Nope, I'm too smart for that. But because we had Kingdom Builders offerings and we had money available for local buildings, Morgan had a buddy that gave us a phone call said, hey, we got some speakers. And these are things we've dreamed about, talked about, but we couldn't afford them. We didn't want to pay that pay that price tag. He said, hey, I got two speakers and we actually got a new projector. I forgot to say that first service. This projector, we got another projector. We were able to get all of that. The two, two projectors worth multiple thousands of dollars 
$10,000 worth of speakers for everything we paid $5,000. That's a pretty good deal. But we're able to move on those things because we have fun money. We got Kingdom Builders money where we're able to upgrade and do awesome things. And, and that's just, I mean, I'm sure there's a whole lot of other stuff. Some of the other things that we've been able to do with some of that building fund money that was given, um, we were able to purchase a brand new fridge, brand new freezer. If you go back to the back kitchen in VKC, they're two big, nice ones. Faucets were all replaced in the back kitchens. We put in, put in garbage disposals, water filters. Um, we even bought a dishwasher. We used to wash dishes like this, and now we just throw it in there, and she takes care of it for us. Uh, why? Because we can, and because people are being generous, and we're trying to figure out, like, what do we buy? What do we do with all of this generosity? But these are awesome things. These are God things. You know, and you know, I've been telling our team that, man, we can't have poor church mentality because God is providing more than we have need of. It's good things. Uh, I had one of, my, one of my leaders say, well, it's not necessary. But let me tell you what. God is beyond necessity. He is blessing this house. Right? And with that, some cool things. So that's just building. You guys are ready to hear about the other three areas? All right, I'll keep going. All right, so uh, local outreach, we have, we have supported out of that all of our grief share ministry. So we have grief share coming up this next weekend, but we fund all of the local outreach money for grief share. We did all that last year. We actually purchased all the stuff for this upcoming year. We fund grief share out of that. Um, Thanksgiving meals, Christmas help for needy families, benevolence. There's a lot, there's a lot of opportunities that are there um, for our local, local outreach. Now, remember last year, when this money came in, we launched it for the first time. We didn't have a lot of resources for local outreach. There is plans throughout this October, November, and December to do a lot more still this year with that previous money that was given to outreach. Because Christmas time, Thanksgiving time, that is a good time to invest in the community. So we'll have a list of those, I'm sure, pretty quick. Global. Um, so Don and Judy Pierce, they went to Peru. We were able to purchase 50 water filters. You know, that's a few thousand bucks. Like, you know, we're able to take all of that money and just say, hey, yeah, here, let's do this. We bought some curriculum for them to take, um, different um, supplies and tracks for that ministry. We, we gave a love offering to uh, Voice of the Martyrs this year. But we're continually looking for global opportunities. So let, let me, let because me, it may be confusing, be like, well, I thought we support missions already. We do. What we're trying to do with this Kingdom Builders ministry is do stuff that we're not already doing that really doesn't have to do with our monthly supported missionaries. We're doing a ton already. So 10% of everything we bring in is local and global missions. We, out, we give all of that away. This is completely separate. This has nothing to do with like all of that. So we're kind of doing both. Sometimes it overlaps, sometimes it doesn't. But how I've been trying to you know, invest this global outreach is doing stuff that we never thought of doing, but the opportunity shows up and we can say, absolutely, we'll help with that. Um, next gen, so that's future. We were able to kind of do a lot this last year, which was pretty cool. We helped with KidCon. That was our big kids conference this summer. We were able just to invest, help with bounce houses and different things like that to make it amazing. Um, able to help with that. Our back to school prayer rally this year. Any of you attend that, the back to school prayer rally? We were able to help take some of those funds and help support that. Um, you know, we planned that and we did that because resources are available. You know, it's hard to dream and ask God, what should we do when the bank account is zero? Any of y'all ever dreaming big when there ain't no money in the bank? When the money's in the bank, you're like, oh man, kingdom, kingdom, what can we do? Um, we also, this year, we were able to sponsor donuts for the CU at the pole rallies. We were able to support three different schools. Bought all the donuts for the CU at the pool, uh, CU at the pool, <laughs> CU at the pole. Uh, but that's, man, to me, that's worth supporting. 
students going to the poll, praying, getting together. We, we were able to help three schools do that this year. Uh, purchased 32 Bibles for our own kids in VKC. They wanted to purchase new Bibles. We helped fund that because guess what? We're not just concerned about the future next generation outside the four walls of the church. We're concerned about our kids too. So we want to invest internally, externally with that. Um, also, Fields of Faith in Sweeney. Uh, they just had that event this last weekend. I kind of coordinated and talked with them. They gave out shirts and food, and man, it was a great ministry. Had a great time. Um, we were able to give them a love offering. They were super support, super encouraged, and you know, they said, they said, I, I asked them. I said, "What can we help with?" Well, you can purchase this and this and this, or however you want. I said, "Do you take love offerings?" They said, "Absolutely." We write the check. That's a lot easier for Pastor Noe than going and buying a bunch of stuff. But big picture, there are opportunities to invest. There are opportunities to invest in the kingdom. I would say probably uh, total of that 28,000, I want to say we might have, I don't know, 9,000 left. You're like, well, that's a lot, but there's still a lot to do. So we're going to keep giving that. We're going to keep using that. As, and as, as we have the funds available, we're going to say, Lord, where are we to invest that? So we're not streaming or anything like that. Anybody have questions about that? Trying to, trying to do the best I can with communicating where that goes, how we use that. Because I don't want you to ever feel like, well, if I give to that, how do I know it's going to go to that? Or is it going to be an impactful investment? I, it's better be an impactful investment or we won't spend the money. That's why there's still 9000 in the bank. <laughs> like We're just not going to just throw it away and be like, let's get rid of all the money. I want to tell them we spent all 28000 not going to do that. I want to make sure everything that we spend, we spend by the guiding of the Holy Spirit leading of, of, of God and saying, man, here's this. And guess what? When there's a need, I want to have the finances and the availability to be able to meet those needs. Just like that instruction that we can have what we need, but also to meet the need to be generous at all times. That's why it's fun to have all that fun, that kingdom builders ministry available. Amen. Can you stand up with me? So I'm just going to pray a blessing over you. I'm going to encourage you just to be obedient to whatever it is that God leads you to. Hear my heart. If you're not feeling this generosity and you're like the Grinch that stole Christmas, let God deal with your heart before you give everything, before you give anything. Because God loves what? A generous giver, a joyful giver. Not somebody that's like, oh man, like, because you know what's going to happen if you don't give her the right heart? You're going to leave this church. You're going to be mad at everybody. You're going to tell them how that church made you give all that money. I'm telling you, because there's people that do that. Yeah, that church over there, they're, they're not giving with a cheerful, a cheerful heart, I promise. All right. Pray about how much and pray about where to give and believe God for your own provision too. Okay? Can you commit to do that for me? It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good Christmas. God's got more than enough resources to take care of us and take care of all those around us. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for each one here. I pray you bless them. Lord, I know you bless your people to be a blessing to those around us. Father, I pray if there's been areas in our life that we've been selfish, Lord, I pray that you would just help us see those areas. And Father, that we would just change our perspective on what we're to do with those finances, of what we're supposed to do with the resources and the things that you've given us. Father, that we would be a people that are kingdom-minded. Lord, I pray that as we're all praying about what to do and where to give and how to give, Father, that you'd lead us in how much and, and, and to what areas to give in. Lord, I thank you for just uh, that you're a more than enough kind of God. Father, as we talk about these finances, Lord, I pray that things would get better. 
Father, I pray that you just multiply the resources we have, that, um, Father, we would just see your provision in every single area of our life. Lord, I thank you for each one here, and I just thank you for their obedience and their willingness to contribute to kingdom-minded things. Lord, we count it an honor and privilege to be part of your family. And, Father, we thank you for all that you're doing, seen and unseen, and we expect you for a great rest of this year and just an amazing next year as we get to partner with you, with you in expanding your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.